as a new graduate, you would be surprised. There's probably some mixed emotions on this one, but don't pick the most expensive place to live. You know, a lot of people want to move and I can't blame them. Although I've lived in Ohio my whole life, I had every aspiration of moving very far away. <laughs> it's never happened yet. But as a new graduate, you have to pick somewhere that's not going to have an extremely high cost of living. Because if you already live there and you're ingrained there, your family and your friends or your spouse or whoever, that's one thing. But I can't tell you how many people said, I moved to LA as a new grad to get a job. LA is a wonderful place to visit. I'm sure it's a wonderful place to live too. But as a new grad with $200,000 of debt and an an income that's probably going to be the lowest for your whole career, it's not wise to go somewhere where the cost of living is going to be so high, at least as a new graduate. Right. And we know as a new PA starting, probably you're still starting around 90s. And some places with a cost of living adjustment might be higher in the hundreds. But still, we can actually look into each... Hey there, my friend. Welcome to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina. I am a cardiothoracic surgery PA with a background in public health and neuroscience. I'm also your peak performance coach. I had to say no to working extreme long hours where I was always on call and feeling exhausted, underappreciated, and undervalued and said, heck yes, to a life and career that elevates my energy and passion without compromising my health and sanity. Now, I'm on the mission to support ambitious healthcare professional like you with a demanding career to become a confident leader who are living purposefully and fulfilled to truly be both a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life. Let's start our journey today. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Sabrina, for the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. And today we're highlighting another PA. He is Andrew Baker. And we're going to talk about how to overcome your PA school debt. I'm sure this also going to be effective for even medical students coming out as nursing students. When we come out, we are so excited. We finally get to work. But what about all those loans we accumulated? So love it that Andrew is here. Please introduce yourself. Hey, thanks, Sabrina. Thank you very much for having me on the show today. Well, I've been a PA for eight years. I've worked a number of specialties. Currently, I work in dermatology in Ohio. I absolutely love dermatology. It had taken me many years to really get into this specialty. So I'm really pleased that I can work in dermatology right now. I work with a large group. There's four nurse practitioners, a physician, and myself. And I would have to say it's a great place to work. And we get the opportunity to care for patients through a wide variety of medical and surgical dermatology problems. So that's my clinical part. About six years into being a PA, I was looking at other options. At that time, I had a leadership position through a national organization as a PA. And my plan was to basically continue to work on that path because that's everything I knew and everything I worked hard to get to that point. But things happen. COVID hit. Lots of different things are happening in people's lives. We have to kind of rework our path. So I actually went back to get my MBA. And my plan was to kind of just further my journey as an APP leader, but I found that that really wasn't what I wanted. And that's kind of how I think Sabrina and I met through a mutual friend, and that's what we're going to talk about more today. 
Yes. So we all come out of school and we work for a few years. Now everything changes due to pandemic. A lot of people are forced furloughed, and some people even lost their jobs. How can you still sustain while you have loans? Now I was someone who's able to pay off my loan within the first two years of my schooling, but I also had strategy, right, like specific ways that I was able to put a lot of things up front. And、uh, really work with family to be in a position where I'm not spending much, but all toward my loan. Now, Andrew also because he has this knowledge now in financial, how to empower our students to get to a better spot. So then you don't have to worry about that security. What you earned, not only to pay back to the school that you have gone through, but now you can start to really enjoy your hobbies, your life, the ways with the family and friends, and not feeling like, oh, let's just calculate how much I have left, right? And it's awesome that to be in the position to listen to Andrew today. We met through mutual friends, and also we just wanted to serve people more. We know life means more, and if you really get clear on how you wanted to project your life, then both the career can be powerful for you, and you can enjoy your life as a passionate person. And that's why we have this podcast, and that's why we have Andrew here. So please share a little bit more about what was the journey for you when you graduated school, when you were thinking about paying off your loans. Yeah, sure. So my situation was when I graduated from PA school, my first child was getting ready to be born in about two months. This was a really great time because I just finished PA school. I had taken my boards and passed it, so all I was waiting on that time was credentialing at my first job, which takes a little bit longer as a new grad. I found out, but now I think it's a lot faster. So during this time, I thought, well, I got this time. I'm getting ready to have a child. How can I better prepare myself and my future? So I met with a certified financial planner. And that was a very, very eye-opening experience for me because prior to that, I had very little business knowledge and finance knowledge. People in my family and some friends that weren't in medicine kind of urged me to do that to learn more about it. But I was really focused on becoming a PA, and that was really all that I ever paid attention to school-wise. So I met with this financial planner and kind of told them my situation. And after they collected a lot of my information, we met again, and that's when they kind of informed me that I had a really bad net worth <laughs> and also a negative debt-to-income ratio. And as a, a new graduate PA, those were not on my radar at all. At this point in my life, I got the degree I wanted, and I really wanted to start treating patients. But I never thought about what I was going to do with my loans besides. Pay them off over 25 years, which is what basically everybody in my life was telling me to do. So that was a really eye-opening experience for me. I think it hit me extra hard, also because my son was getting ready to be born, and as a new parent and a new graduate, I realized I didn't have much of a plan. So that was a really defining moment for me early in my career, really before I even began working. Yeah, so true. When we feel like we're connected to our kids, right, or just family in general, maybe some big events happening. Maybe your parents even need help, and then we have to really rewire our thinking.、Uh, what's next? How do I deal with this? And for sure, you're someone who knows 
Hey, I don't know everything. It's gonna be hard for us to know everything. So how can I be open enough to learn more? And you found a financial planner, or some people get a finance coach, or as you also like went to MBA. But you don't have to spend all those years to train yourself. You can leverage other people's knowledge. So for sure, that's awesome. Yeah. So at that time, I was trying to decide what to do. And I had some time before I was beginning my first job. It was in、uh, plastic surgery at a cancer hospital, and I was kind of trying to educate myself a little bit because I was so shocked to see that I had no plan and really nothing to show for that, and I was not making any income at that time. So I read a book. Some people don't like this individual. Some people do. At this point in my life, it was really needed for me, and it was Dave Ramsey. It was the book Total Money Makeover, and it is a very simplified version. Of how to get out of debt, and I realize it does not apply to everyone. I realize that not everyone believes in his path, which is fine. But for me, at that point in time in my life, that was really helped jumpstart me to get in the right direction to say, "Hey, I have all this debt, as opposed to paying it off for 25 years. Now I at least have a plan to do that." And I did do it in 2014. So two years after graduating, I paid off all my loans, which is a really, really wonderful achievement for myself. And for anybody who's considering it and thinking, "Oh my gosh, I'll never get it done. It'll take too long." Let me just tell you, you can do it. I know lots of other PAs that can do it, and there are so many ways for you to do it. You just need to ask for help. Exactly. And Andrew did it. I did it. I'm sure many other people did it just to show that we don't have to get trapped into a position where we get burdened by our. Debt and the interest just keep growing, growing, and knowing yes, we earn all this money, but the very first thing might not be buying that new car that you wanted right away. It could just be、uh, replanning, knowing okay, if the goal is I have this dream car, I really want it, but maybe it might not be the very first year. Wait a year even, right? Front loading, really considering what you truly want to spend on, budget it out, so you have a better idea on. All the costs. I know when I was in school, it's pretty bad. All you have is just a little phone, right? And this is feeling like, oh, paycheck to paycheck is it's okay, right? Allowances is okay. But once we get into the real world, when we have to pay the rents and our parents, there's no really loans, right? Just to buffer us. How can we really work on that? So, what are some suggestions as a new graduate, or even people who are starting to pay off and still have some loans left? What would you be the first couple steps you would suggest them to do? Well, after I paid off my loans, I want to comment on this real quick. I kind of unfortunately fell back into a little bit of a trap, not fully. But I realized what was happening is, even though my loans are paid off, and for some people that number can vary widely from a hundred thousand to two hundred fifty thousand, depending on where you live and what school you go to, that I realized that where is all my money going? Yes, you're not paying off any school loans anymore, but then you realize it can happen so easily that all the money that you're making that you're working hard for is just disappearing, and you aren't fully investing. You don't really have all these things you wish you could do. It just is disappearing from just living, and that was another kind of defining point for me that I realized there's got to be more than just working and having nothing to show for it. Besides, you know, well, yeah, I paid off my loans, but still, there's lots more to do in life. So, before we talk about as new grad, there's a few things as a student I would like to comment on about how to kind of minimize your loan burden. And one of those would be, and I want to say a lot of people have done this. I know I did it. Is Treat your financial aid or your FAFSA loan, whatever you use, as the excess funds as more funds as a, as a refund. You get these funds; they apply to your classes, and then eventually you usually get this check for 
X amount of dollars, just say $3,000. And a lot of people have loans for all their purposes, like their school and their housing. And then they get this small refund that just didn't get used and they spend it. This is not a tax refund. I think we could get into a whole nother topic about what's the right thing to do with your tax refund, but that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> These FAFSA refunds or financial aid refunds that people have and they spend it on a big trip or a new purchase or a new car. But really, this is a loan money. This is no different than somebody getting an actual loan for a car or a trip and spending... You're paying interest on this loan. So that's just something I want to talk about quickly because I know a lot of students did it. I did it. I'm sure people do it all the time today. So that's just a starting out on the right foot and using that money for something else besides leisure is step number one. Step number two, as a new grad or really wherever you are in your career path with your loans, you have to get a budget. Without a budget, as I kind of mentioned earlier, all your money just disappears. It goes, well, this week we went out to eat more. Well, this I'm paying for a trip that we're going on in a few months this month. Or my car broke down. I need to put 500 into my car. Or there's always something. And that's fine. Life happens. You always have to be ready. You always have to have extra money to pay those things. But if you can diligently write down where the majority of your money is going, that is step number one. And you'd be amazed, Sabrina, about how many people refuse to do a budget or don't have a budget because either they don't believe in it or they feel they don't need to. But I can tell you, and really, I would have a hard time finding any other financial expert that says, do not make a budget because otherwise your money will just disappear. That's step number one. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I was at a a place when, when I just got out. It was never thinking about, let's plan how much I'm spending. And it becomes just like, well, credit card, I pay next month. Every two weeks, I get pretty good, right? Like at least $2,000 coming into my bank account. It was so much better than zero or negative before, but not thinking, okay, your apartment is at least $1,400, well, depending on where you're living, right? Then there's the rent, there's electricity. You might want TV, you might have Netflix and all these smaller things. Also, people have Audible subscriptions. All these things that even only cost you like seven to 20 bucks, but that's a recurrent payment that you really have to think about into your budget. And now we're going in. Guess what? I reward myself, right? I reward myself every month and I do want to get my little beauty treatment in, but every month that's my little thing for myself, but it, it is extra 70 bucks on myself. So we have to think about these things. And when you really add everything together. That's what I call them a budget to freedom. So if you can be completely free for your basic expenses, what are these? And you can build this super simple, even on just like Excel sheet. And there's so many apps that are free as well that are easy to do. For me, I think writing it down is important first. That way, it's not easy. You actually have a little bit of work to do it. So you can write it down on your own page, whether it's Excel or not. But when you're just plugging it into an app, it's so easy and user-friendly that it's just easy to forget and move on. If you're actually handwriting it down or hand-typing all the information in, it just gives you a little bit more true feeling to it as opposed to just like plugging and moving on with your life. Right. It's a reality check. Now it's real. It's, okay, I'm typing out this is exactly thing. And now you can even ask yourself, it's really important to have this. Do you really want to pay that recurrent payment? How is that going to affect you? Are just like these plenty clothing company and sportswear? And are you going to have these extra expenses on those luxury items? And even just say basic necessity, how are you using them? 
right? Like some people buy supplements. Great, we should have multivitamins. Are you really taking them every day? If you are, can you create really triggers so you actually get to take them? Yeah, I just lost money for sure. Awesome. So what's number two? As a new graduate, you would be surprised. There's probably some mixed emotions on this one, but don't pick the most expensive place to live. You know, there's a lot of people want to move and I can't blame them. Although I've lived in Ohio my whole life, I had every aspiration of moving very far away. <laughs> it's never happened yet. But as a new graduate, you have to pick somewhere that's not going to have an extremely high cost of living. Because if you already live there and you're ingrained there, your family and your friends or your spouse or whoever, that's one thing. But I can't tell you how many people said, I moved to LA as a new grad to get a job. LA is a wonderful place to visit. I'm sure it's a wonderful place to live too. But as a new grad with $200,000 of debt and an an income that's probably going to be the lowest for your whole career, it's not wise to go somewhere where the cost of living is going to be so high, at least as a new graduate. Right. And we know as a new PA starting, probably you're still starting around 90s. And some places with a cost of living adjustment might be higher in the hundreds. But still, we can actually look into each state. I know AAPA gave us this annual report on our salary. So you can really compare which state gave you the best benefit. Now, I'm in Texas, so I don't have state income tax. So my salary the same amount as compared to New Jersey and Philadelphia, where I went to school and grew up, the same amount is completely different. That extra 7, 10% of tax, now you get to keep instead of paying off. So knowing where you wanted to go, it is an important part. Now, whether you wanted to explore a new city and state, take that into consideration. And also, what type of lifestyle do you really want is the number one question. And we might not get there on our first job because if we only wanted to look for a specific location, then you might not want to be going into a specialty that's like 100% what aligns you, right? Whether if you're searching for derm job only, you might not get that. Maybe you might consider a different subspecialty just to gain an experience, just be able to live in a certain city. Then you can always transition out. Yeah, that is a wonderful point. And I completely agree with you on that. You want to pick a specialty that you know you can get a job and the experience and the training that you need as a new graduate there's something called the 10,000 hour rule. I don't know if you're familiar with that, Sabrina, but it's basically a lot of people graduate and want to hit the ground running because they've been to school for two and a half years or however long your PA program is. And they want to get everything at one time. But really, as we've been talking about, there needs to be like a strategy in place for your debt, for your first job, where you're going to live. And then you need the experience. The 10,000 hour rule is basically until you can say you're good at something, you need to do it for 10,000 hours. And that's not something I made up. That's a well-known topic of discussion in the business world. So if you think about that, that's several years of practicing where you're getting better at a job, you're learning to manage your own finance, and then you have more power to have control of your life. And hopefully by that point in time, you've made really good financial decisions. You're getting out of debt. You have the necessary training you need. And then if it's moving or buying a new house or expensive cars, you're in a different position than you were as a new graduate. And you, in essence, trained yourself. And as you know, Sabrina, being practicing for several years, five years to say you're good at something in medicine is hard mm-hmm. to say because you're always learning. I'm a big proponent of the more I learn, the more I realize I don't learn. And that's about dermatology. It's about medicine as a whole. And it's definitely true about finances as well for me. <laughs> right. Correct. We can't 
just think, oh, now we're done, right? Anything in life, you don't just hit a mark and you feel like you're done. There's always something that's changing, that's new, and novelty and learning actually creates more momentum for us to be excited again in medicine in life, and that's such a crucial thing. And what I always talk to people who are ready to pivot right into a different specialty, different career, or even new grads for students when I talk to them is that don't just look for a perfect job description because no one actually writes. Correct job description until you experience it. What we want to look for is the perfect boss and perfect team. And so, for anybody who wanted to know my five steps, feel free to、uh, send me a message. We can chat about that. When we have a perfect boss, then whenever something happens, they're your backbone. They can teach you. Especially when you're newer in that field, and if you found a gap that you wanted to be a person to bridge the gap, then they can also facilitate in helping you. Especially when we're new to a situation, right? A fresh eye will always see something that might not work perfectly. So we wanted to actually improve our practice and the experience, both from a clinician side and the patient side. But we also don't want to come off as someone just like. Well, I'm a problem person. I just see all those things you do wrong. No, we actually wanted to be resourceful. Absolutely, yeah, you're 100 right. Things in life take time. Not everything happens in one day. As long as you're putting in the time and you have a plan in place, you can act on. And there's people out there to help too. One of the things that I did was I started PA for Finance. PA for Finance is what I've become more passionate about over time. As I mentioned, as I continually get better at everything that I do, because I want to help PAs not fall into some of the same traps that I fell into. I want to help PAs learn how to properly invest and also how to make the most out of their hard-earned money. You know, taxable income is something that we're not taught. You can make this great salary seemingly. But you realize that it could be so much more if you just change some of the ways you're doing things. So that is just something that I found that was useful for myself and the financial experts that I've surrounded myself with that have taught me these things. And I just want to help others live the best version of your life, avoid burnout, financial debt stresses. It's real and it happens when you have these big loans and these car payments and these house payments. You're seemingly happy because you and all of your friends are living this life. There's more to it than that. You don't have to live that life to be happy. You don't have to live in the three top best cities to live a great lifestyle or live the life that you want. There's more to it than just going into debt. And that's one thing I realized. And to be honest with you, all the people that and PAs that I've worked with after we we're done working together, we all agree every time. There's more to it than living in debt. Exactly, life is full. The、so、number one question I ask all my clients, and even just anybody who I know, what is your ideal lifestyle?、Mm-hmm. So even think about that. That means how do you want to live, where you want to live, who do you want to live with, and that really affect on how you perform as well career-wise. Why do I talk about performance, being peak performer? It's actually not just about your career success. It's about your personal life. If we are better, if we can connect deeper with people, would you believe that your influence will increase? That you have a suggestion, people will be like, "Oh yeah, that makes clear sense." Let me make something super simple and direct, instead of making everything complicated. And then you can truly create something with other people. Your synergy. You're building a 
multiple people putting into puzzle pieces, then of course you can grow, you can build something super fast and probably beyond your own imagination. So amazing that Andrew is pointing that out. So what about the third step? Well, that's where it gets a little more tricky. You know, I think everybody can kind of go along continuum about creating a budget, living in an inexpensive place, at least initially, and picking a specialty where you can get a job and get the experience. That's, I think we can all relate to all three of those. But after that, it gets a lot more complicated depending on your situation. Children can make things more complicated, although wonderful. Moving careers to a different job. There's lots of different things to get a lot more tricky after that. But the main three would be starting out with a budget, finding a good quality place to live where you can be happy for a few years, and then getting a job where you can learn the most and get the train that you need to, to really move on forward. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time, Andrew. This is so valuable. And for anybody who just coming out, right, or you're a second year, you're about to thinking, oh, I'm finishing school. Now what to do? Where do I find my job? What type of job? And all these kind of conversation, we can have more in depth. You can feel free to reach out to Andrew or myself. And Andrew has also announced that he has a group that he specifically helped PAs with finances, really student in general. So go check him out. And how else would you like people to find you, Andrew? I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Also, I'm part of a group of individuals through the AAPA, a, a special interest group called PAs for Financial Growth. And we're a very new group. And there's some other PAs that are spread out throughout the US in varying stages of, of their careers that also have non-clinical jobs as well that are based around finance or, or growing your wealth or growing your portfolio over time. So we're all working together. We're going to have a lot of great resources for the PA community out there. And we look forward to growing that network as well. So thank you for pointing that out, Sabrina. <laughs> Yeah, perfect. Go check that out. Just extra resources for you guys. So everyone, thank you so much for listening. And if you like this episode, please subscribe to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals podcast as we put out weekly episodes on these important topics to help you become the powerhouse in your career and passionate person in life from 10 different aspects of life. So we're not accidentally hit a roadblock and not sure what happened. And glad to have Andrew on. I so appreciate everyone for listening in. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thanks. All right, my friend. How did you love this episode? Make sure to subscribe to our show so you can continue to build your positive intelligence for that beautiful mind of yours to live powerfully and passionate. I know this just the tip of the iceberg. You probably have a lot more question on actually how do I implement those things into my own life? Well, this is the solution. Joining us inside the private Facebook group, go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Powerful Passionate, where I go live weekly to answer any questions that you have and continue to put more resources for you to help you to get to that point. You can be both powerful and passionate where you're no longer working on any mundane work and truly focusing on the things that matter. You can be both powerful and passionate where you can overcome any mental roadblocks keeping you from success. 
You can be both powerful and passionate, where you feel energized from the moment you woke up to the time you go to bed. Join me, and together we can create a life where you can be both powerful and passionate. <laughs>